Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Now, today, I want to talk about what it means to be awakened. See, because I mentioned that in the previous sermon when I was teaching about the synchronicities of the spirit. What is awakening? What do you mean by awakened? Somebody shout hallelujah. Of course, there are two kinds of people in the world. Those which are awake, and those which are asleep. Physical and spiritual. There are people which are awake, physical or spiritual. And some people can be alive but asleep. You see? And so it's very important for us to understand the awakening of the spirits. I'm going to take you through a conversation again. There are things that I've known for so many years, but the spirit had not nudged my heart to communicate these things. One, because not many of the people that we were dealing with during those years were able to understand the things we were able to share, or even us as his servants. You know, the servants of the Lord, it's hard for some people to really understand our mandate and our responsibility to them. But over time, when you start to relate with, you know, life and the people that come along your way and they start growing, many of you watching or listening, some of you have known me for six, seven, ten years, sitting under this anointing, I feel that it's my responsibility now to start teaching certain things the way I teach them. Because I know you'll understand them well. Some of you have probably joined one or two years. But God creates a certain quickening deliberately to help you understand these things. And I believe that you'll understand what I'm talking about tonight. It's going to bless you. Let me begin with two stories that are well known through Scripture, those of you who read the Word. One of them happens in Genesis, the 28th chapter, from about the 12th verse. It speaks of a gentleman called Jacob. And... Um, he dreams a ladder set up on the earth and top of it reached to heaven and behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And the Bible tells us, the Lord stood above it and said, I'm the Lord God of Abraham, thy father and the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest, to thee I will give thee and to thy seed and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth and thou shalt spread abroad the south. E.G.C. Then God continues speaking to this man's life and he tells him how he will be with him and keep him in all places wherever he will go he will bring him again to this land he will not leave him until he is done with all he has spoken unto him now the bible says in the 16th verse jacob awoke out of his sleep and said surely the lord is in this place and i knew it not the lord is in this place and i knew it not and he was afraid and said how dreadful is this place this is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Another story is going to come from the Gospel of John, the third chapter, from the first verse. There was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. 
And this man comes to Jesus by the night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher that is come from God and no man can do the miracles that you do except God be with him. So Jesus tells Nicodemus, Verily I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus tells him, How can a man be born when he is old? How can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answers him and tells him, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And the Bible tells us in verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is the Spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. And then he continues to explain how the wind bloweth where it listeth, and you hear it's not the sound, nor where it goeth, but you can hear it. And so he tells us that it's how everyone which is born of the Spirit is. Now, Nicodemus says something in the ninth verse. The Bible says, Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? How is that even possible? And then Jesus asks the golden question. That thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things. You are a master in Israel and you do not know these things. He says, Verily, verily, I speak unto thee. We speak that which we know and testify that which we have seen and you receive not our witness. There's something we have seen and there's something we know and that we testify. But you receive not our witness Yet it is true. And he tells him, if I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Two gentlemen, all with interesting experiences. Jacob, in his most awakened sense, physical. In his most awakened sense, physical. God is in a place, but he is not able to see him. He does not know or he's not aware that God is in that place. And so he goes into a deep sleep. When he goes into a deep sleep, the vision is cast on his soul. And in waking up, oh, surely, he says, God is in this place and I knew it not. So he consecrates the place for an altar. It's one man who in his most awakened sense, physical, is not aware of the presence of God. And when he goes in his sleep mode, God appears to him and defines his presence in that particular place. So when he is awake, he is actually asleep from the reality of the presence of God. And when he is asleep, he is awakened to the reality of the presence of God. A similar issue in John. We have a master in Israel. He has been trained in the way of the spirit. He has sensed and smelt the winds of knowledge and understanding, wisdom, is with him because he has raised in Jerusalem under the best there is that could teach in the faith and the things concerning the life of God. But Jesus is talking about salvation. And this man in his place of mastery does not have a clue about what Jesus is talking about. He has no clue. He has no clue. Oh, so we see a man in his level of mastery. He's not a beginner. Is not intermediate. No, he is a master in an area. We expect that with all he has been given, he should have the knowledge of certain things. But Nicodemus has not the knowledge of these things. So Jesus tells him, if you are a master, we expect that you should be able to know certain things. But lo and behold, you do not know these things. In other parts of scripture, we have seen how Jesus has retorted how God 
has hid these things from the wise and revealed them unto babes. It is very possible to be so indifferent about the things of the Spirit, yet appear to be in the most perfect sense of accuracy of the same. It's very possible. It's very possible. So there's a difference between them which are asleep and are awakened. Like I said, in the physical realm, in the realm that we see, there are people who are not awakened, and there are people who are awakened. So it is with the spiritual, there are people who are awakened, and there are people who are not awakened. Well, when it comes to the physical sense, perhaps we can say whether he's dead or asleep in the grave, you know, he's asleep. And whether he's alive and living, breathing in oxygen, he's awakened. You see, like you wake up in the morning every day. The essence of God's life allows you to wake up every morning. It's a very powerful experience to know that you're going to wake up every day by his grace so that you've woken up all these years of your life by a certain power. When we get to spiritual as well, we have people who are spiritually asleep or dead and people who are spiritually awakened. But let me emphasize this. Some are spiritually awakened according to the light of the glorious gospel, which is the truth. And some are awakened in courts according to the spirit of deception and the man of darkness. So I'll help us understand this too. But it's important for us to understand what awakening is. Awakening, you cannot speak about any form of awakening when you're not talking about a shifting of consciousness, the place that hears and connects to the spirit realm. For us believers, the place that hears God. Consciousness must shift for us to say that this person has entered a certain degree of awakening. And we all have different degrees of awakening. We all have different places where we, we have come to the truth or have been made aware of truths and realities or wisdoms that are above normal people, that are beyond what many people are able to interpret. And so, for us as believers, that is the pendulum of either you walking in a truth or living in deception. Because when a man is not awakened, consciousness, the place of you that he as God is not aligned to truth. You can live a life of shared deception even without knowing that you are deceived. Let's talk about a few things in life. How does money come? The world has an opinion about how you make wealth. And this world of strife and struggle, this world of survival and competition, can deceive a Christian to think that that is how everyone makes wealth. Because you're not awakened. You don't understand how God works. The word of God has not showed you how to buy without money. So you're submitted to the transactions of this life and the elements and laws of men. And so there is a price and value to a thing as that which is given by the ideas of men. And the equal value to purchase that price of value of a thing in the mind and idea of money, which again is created by man. Just add a few zeros on it. Give it a few salient features. And men are going to guard it, stand in front of these banks with guns and pay a lot of money to shift it from one place to another. So ideas of men. So God says, ah, without money, 
want to help you buy, but you don't know how to buy without money. So what happens? You're going to be subjected to the ways of this life and the world to make wealth. So does that mean that we don't need money? No. Money answers all things. But it means we must know where money is placed in this equation. Money answer it. It does not command. Money answer it. It does not instruct. Money answer it all things. That's just a typical example. Again, like I said, not many people are able to understand what I'm saying. They tell you, for example, a man like Bill Gates, he earns about 200 and some dollars a second of his life. See, there's a man in the same world who lives to be paid by the same universe that another man is struggling and striving to exist. So they don't understand what it means to live a life of power. The three powers. You see, the three powers. God has granted every believer three powers. One, you must have power over your spirit. He that ruleth his spirit is greater than he that taketh the city. Very powerful. It's not in the strength to take over a city. It's in the strength to have power over your spirit. It's important to have power over your spirit, to rule it. See? And number two, you need power over the earth and everything God has created. Remember when Cain falls, kills his brother Abel, and God tells him that the earth will not yield forth its fruit, its substance to you. It will not yield to you. You shall be a vagabond or a fugitive because the world will not give its strength. The earth will not give her strength for you. See, you must have power over the earth. Creation grows for the manifestation of the children of God. Number three, you must have power over men. That's responsibility. It's not control. It's not dominating. It's not manipulating. It's not taking advantage. No, there's responsibility over men to work with men for the higher calling, for the bigger cause of the kingdom. The Bible says, for your people shall be willing in thine day of power. You see? Your people shall be willing in that day of power. God wants to do that for you. Somebody shout, hallelujah. So anyway, back to what I was trying to tell us here. That we are living in a period and time where because of how much we are indifferent to and how much asleep some of us are, and sadly some of us which are spiritual, anything can pass. Anything can pass. If you're an adult reader, of, you know, world politics. Sometimes I take time to read through and understand things from my own way and perspective. For example, look at the politics. You know, one of the greatest nations in the world, America. Look at what the media has done or is doing in that nation. And the indifference from people who are supposed to be spiritual. There was a time we used to put on news to know what is new or what is being said. But now, some of us which see a bit deeper than that, we sometimes switch on the news to hear what they are not telling us. But the biggest majority of people are actually hearing it as it is. Like you receive a WhatsApp or a Facebook post and your spirit cannot design, it's not awakened enough to separate truth from fallacy or lies, and then you believe it. 
you believe it because you receive the message on media or wherever, on whichever platform. You just believe it as it is. Because that thing in you cannot design deception, cannot design hypocrisy. It cannot design pretense. It cannot see the hand of a deceptive scribe. You cannot see that the guy who wrote this is actually deceptive. That's the challenge. And it's okay if we're dealing with people who are not born again because the Bible tells us they're alienated from the life of God. But it is sad when we're having conversations concerning them which are born again. And Paul is telling them, be ye not as the Gentiles. In other words, it's possible for you to become carnal even though God has called you to be spiritual. The politics of nations now is darkness and light. Institutions, darkness, light. Careers, darkness, light. And not many people are able to discern because they are asleep. They are asleep. And I'm not expecting that everybody will understand this. But I believe that if your heart has a readiness to receive what I'm giving you, something will click in your spirit and change the way you see life. Somebody shout hallelujah. Some people think life is as it is. Everything is straightforward as they read it. Everything is as accurate as they see it. Every rumor is as true as they've heard it. Because they're not reflective. They cannot hear another voice. They don't judge by a higher wisdom. They're not enlightened. The eyes of the understanding is darkened. That place of understanding is darkened. So they don't design and see things the way they're supposed to see. They cannot see the true north. I appreciate someone called strange to proper. Listen to it. Some are just strange to whatever is proper. See? And the hearts of men in the last days as it has been prophesied by scripture, times without number, we're going to see more and more madness. Who ever thought that we'll be having discussions about who to relate with and how or why God has created man for woman or woman for man? Who ever thought? How many times have you switched on television and a stand-up comedian is standing before 30 or 40 people and he's speaking. But everything he's speaking is so rotten. It is so pathetic that you wonder why people are laughing. What is that that makes them laugh that cannot make you laugh? You are awakened. Something is working in your life. You see? And like I said, deception. I just touched one area of finances. What about health? Do you know how many people are dying because they are asleep from the realities of truth and revelation? Do you know how many people are dying every day? Not because of what they received in hospital as diagnosis, but because of what they do not know. Do you know how many people don't know what God created in these bodies and what these bodies are able to do? Do you know how many people are not aware of what's in their mind and how their minds can work to their advantage? They are asleep. Do you know how many people are closed from the opportunities this world can give? Every time they wake up, they see frustrations in everything. They are unhappy. They are sorrowful. They go to bed unhappy and they wake up unhappy and they think they have a generational curse. They have a demon from their grandfather. Somebody bewitched them last week and on a Monday, somebody put something on their door and sometimes that's not the issue. The light of the glorious gospel has not settled on their consciousness to give them the right optics of divine purpose. 
Somebody shout hallelujah. And so, in Romans chapter 13, the 11th verse, if you read with me from the Amplified Version, God tells us something very powerful. He's beseeching us as a church, the body of Christ. Bible says that besides this, you know what a critical hour this is. How it is high time now for you to wake up, he says, out of your sleep. And he's telling us to rouse to the reality, not reality of the physical senses or realm, but the reality of the spirit as it accords to the truths of God. The Bible says for salvation, that is final deliverance, is nearer to us now than we first believed or adhered to, trusted in and relied on Christ Jesus the Messiah. The Bible says that the night is far gone and the day is almost here. Let us then drop or fling away the wax and deeds of darkness and put on the full armor of light. God is warning the church about the days that we're in. Theories are flowing in the world concerning COVID, conspiracies. I wish some people take time to ask men who hear God, who really hear God. Because there's a story you hear concerning disease in the world. There's also a story when you see it from the eyes of God. I've said this before, that we saw COVID come. I prophesied it, and I'm not boasting over it. But I wish some people asked, what is God telling us? Because I don't think I'm the only one. I believe that there are prophets and men of God across the world who saw this, and I warned those that cared to know. And then after that, many conspiracies came through, many of which were really out of deception and fear, not really connected to anything biblical or aligned to truth. And I believe more fear is killing people than disease itself, because not many people understand what's happening spiritually. So I'm also not here to give you another conspiracy. <laughs> no, I'm not that kind of person. I want to hear God so that I can account for what God has said. But what I'm trying to tell us is many people don't even know what is happening in the world. Many men and ministers in the world do not know what is happening in the world. The church is not giving answers concerning what is happening in the world. The governments of this world are not seeking the mind of the church because they are telling us where we are spiritually. Are you hearing me? And at the end of this, if we don't seek God a certain way, the next dispensation of life is going to be led more by science than by truth and the revelation that comes through the light of the glorious gospel. So something has to be done. Something has to be done. We're praying. We're praying. Because we need that relevance and the amplification of our voices to reach the places that must be reached and help people understand that there is a God that is bigger than anything. Anything. There was a couple that was diagnosed of COVID, both of them, two or three days, I think. I'm not sure, but the days were just so near with each other. So they tune in on the sermon that I preached on the righteousness as a weapon. That very night, that very night, that very night, 
they rebuked it out of their body that very night. They received the word and dealt with it. The next day, they sent me a message and they go to the hospital and both of them are COVID negative. So what happens in 24 hours? You could have your own science, but what happens in 24 hours? What happened in those few hours that changed the man's body from COVID positive to negative? The word. The word. The answer is here. People are looking for the answers. No, 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 no. The answer is here. The cure of COVID is in the word. Somebody shout hallelujah. He sends his word and heals our diseases. It's in truth. It's not anywhere. It's in truth. Somebody shout hallelujah. That might be the hardest pillow to swallow. But it is the truth. He said the just shall live by faith. He knew COVID was coming, but he said the just shall live by faith. He knew HIV would be in your world, but he said, but the just shall live by faith. He knew all manner of disease would be there and he still had the boldness to say, the just shall live by faith. The Bible says, but if you turn back, he has no pleasure. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout amen. It's hard, but it's the truth. It's the truth. But anyway, Romans is telling us that we have a people who have not understood how critical the time and hour is. And many of them are not awakened out of their sleep or slumber to understand the reality of the spirit and how much salvation is available. Many people are seeing death and destruction, but they don't see what God is up to. God is up to something bigger than COVID could ever do in the world. See, I've not heard so many amends there. But you see, God is up to something bigger than disease could ever do in the world. Your eyes have to open for you to see this. Somebody shout hallelujah. In Ephesians, the fifth chapter, the 13th verse, the Bible says, but all things are reproved or made manifest by the light because he has told us earlier in Romans to put on the armor of light. Why does he want us to put on the armor of light? Because all things are reproved and made manifest by light for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith again, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that he walks circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. But he says, Be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He's telling us that there is a light that is available. It's in your spirit was given you. And that is the light that becomes the treasure in earthen vessels. The Bible says that the excellence of power might be of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. That light is inside you. And that light was there to help you awaken to understand what is really true and what is not true. What is really of God and what's not of God? What is God saying amidst the many voices that are happening in our day? Somebody shout hallelujah. I received a report from one of our fellowships in Europe. A lady, a very deep satanist, was invited to our meetings. And then somebody's tuning on and she's watching. And she tells the person who invited her, one of the guys that invited her, and said, this man, there's something about 
him, when I see him, I see that he's awakened. He's a man of light. See? That's why I said, even in the world, they have the idea. Satan has created in his dark world the reality of men which are awakened. Again, I've shared about men which claim to also have higher consciousnesses. But again, those consciousnesses are really in the place of darkness and deception. You see, because he had to create his own copy of light. Remember, Satan, the Bible says, is transformed as what? As an angel of light. He says, no marvel. We should not marvel. You see, even though the world tells us to marvel, they've created marvel. <laughs> but we're not supposed to marvel. Satan is transformed into an angel of light. Remember, that which makes manifest his word is light. So if, he says, the light in thee is darkness. The Bible says when God talks about the light in thee being darkness, it means you can have an awareness from a light that is not given from God. You can be awakened to certain realities in courts and experiences that you could define as truth, but they are not from the light of the glorious gospel. If people understood this, you'd understand why it would be so hard for a believer to fall sick. For a believer to fall sick. John G. Lex, the story is given in South Africa. He entered a nation where there was a plague and he was handling the dead and sick. And they asked this man, how come you cannot die? And he tells them, because I have the life of God in me. That was not just a wishful thinking or emotional response from a good preacher whom he heard preaching the week before. No, he had a relationship with the experience he was testifying over. And he said, put my hand under a microscope. Put a dead jam or anything. And so they get his hand, put it under a microscope, and then they get jams from a dead body and people that were sick. And they put it on his hands and they said that under that machine, everything that touched his body died immediately. That was a man who was awakened to a certain consciousness, awakened to a certain truth and reality. That he that knew no sin became sin. That we being dead and two sins might live unto righteousness. He said, by his stripes, he says, we were healed. You see, so when he puts his hand under that machine, he is sure of the results that's going to come out. He's trying to prove to them what he knew all along because he was awakened to how much life and power was in his body. That light opened him up to understand how he could not die easily. And there's a believer in the same world who thinks or fears to catch a disease like that. Just like that. He thinks, oh, I'll get it just like that. I'm not saying that I'm against SOPs or what. No, I'm not against that. I'm not against that. But I'm saying, much as we obey the government and what they tell us to do, we'll do. We'll put on our masks. We'll sanitize. But that's not what keeps us. What keeps us is the life of God in us. We give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, but we must give to God what belongs to God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout amen. Shout glory to God. So, I tell people, yes, it's okay. Vaccinate. Do all of these things. But most importantly, keep yourself through the life of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. So this might be hard for people to take it. Because many people are more human than they are as children of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. But let God be true. I said, let God be true and every man a liar. 
every man a liar. Somebody shout hallelujah. This is what I know. In every aspect of life, there is a wisdom of God concerning it. And you could be awakened to it or asleep from it. Somebody shout hallelujah. Like I said, even the people of darkness try to do that. They teach those kinds of things. When I was growing up, I used to hear a few people drop some of those things in lines. And some Christians don't even know the difference. And some, in trying to understand how the world does it, many of them have actually gone into demonic worship without knowing. A Christian was not called to do yoga. No, that's not a Christian's calling. Because yoga is kundalini, the serpent power. The seven chakras, those are not yours. Those are for men who don't know God. A Christian was called to meditate on the word of God day and night and speak it. The evidence of that word will start working in your power. But how many people have given into the deception of the world? Because they want to be awakened as well to things that they have no realities of conviction. You see what I'm saying? Do you know that not everything you are to see in the spiritual realm you were supposed to see? And there are things that cannot come to you or should not come to you as a believer. They can come to men of darkness, but not to a child of light. They're not yours. Somebody shout hallelujah. The reason why I'm emphasizing is that many believers, they don't live as children of God. They don't live as men and women of light. They live as women of darkness and sons of men. He says the world and its foundations are out of course because they walk not in understanding and they walk in darkness. The Bible says, it says, ye are gods, children of the most high. He says, but you die like mere men, one of the princes. You fall. Your businesses fail like any other men. Your ministries fail like any other men. Your careers fail like any other men. Your marriages fail like any other men. Refuse it. You have to understand what God has said concerning you. You have to see with your eyes. Don't just wish it. Don't just claim it because you read it. No, have a relationship with it. You will understand how much freedom and liberty God has created and given us. One time I was reading the scriptures and I bumped into a portion of scripture in Isaiah and God was awakening my spirit to the realities of our inheritance. So remember, when Paul is praying for the church in Ephesians, he does not cease to give thanks for them or is making prayers for them before the Lord of our Savior, Jesus Christ, that he might grant unto them the spirit of wisdom and revelation or understanding in the knowledge of Christ. And he says, as that comes, when knowledge comes with wisdom and understanding, he says their eyes are flooded with light. They are awakened. For Tizo, they are illuminated. You see? And he says when they are illuminated, he says that they come to know what is the hope of their calling. One, what are the riches of the inheritance of the saints? Uh-huh. And what is the exceeding greatness of power which is at work within them? Remember, those are the three things. When a man is awakening, when somebody understands, when the light of the glorious gospel hits you, you are awakened to the hope of your calling. Number one. Two, the riches of the glory of the inheritance of the saints. But number three, the greatness of power which is at work within you. The Amplified speaks of the power that superabundantly goes beyond. It's exceeding. It's immeasurable. The Bible calls it a power that is beyond measure, that is unlimited, that surpasses all greatness. He says, all of that power is available to you. But you see, the eyes of the man's spirit have to be lit 
says when they're lit, you know that immeasurable, that unlimited, that surpassing greatness of power that is our work within you which believe. Do you know what it means to have power unlimited and live a life of unlimited power? Do you know what it means to live a life of immeasurable power? Do you know what it means to live a life with great power in your spirit? So how many really asleep from this reality? How can a man be so afraid, so afraid of the things of this world, the elements of this world, and you ignore and your eyes are so dead from the reality of the life of God within you and what God has placed inside you. How asleep are you? But you see, I understand because many of them don't understand this life. And I believe there are even Christians who could hear this sermon and oppose me and say, no, I don't believe in that. Why? Because they're asleep. You cannot judge a man who is asleep to give opinion of what he must see when he's awakened. Somebody shout hallelujah. Look at how Jesus lived his life. He's telling Nicodemus, if you've not understood earthly things, will you understand the things of the heaven? Will you understand higher things? You're not awakened to understand the realities of the things that happen in the spirit. Yet you are a master. Yet you have a PhD in theology. Yet you're a bishop. You're a prophet. You are an apostle. You see? But your eyes are not open. Your tongue speaking, you're born again. But your eyes are not open to know how much is available for you. God has given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. So it's not something that enters your head. It's something that you must awaken to. You must see that all are yours, whether Apollos or Paul. That's our revelations. Everything that God gives you, everything you're able to study from a man anointed of God, it is yours. For the revealed things belong unto us and our children. It is the glory of a king to search out the matter when God hideth it. It's the responsibility of the kingly anointing to know what is hidden of God. Because if we cannot dig into the things that are hidden, we cannot really understand the way of the spirit. He speaks of a glory that was hid from the ages past, from the foundations of the world, for your glorification. How much do you know about the finances? of the world? How much do you know about the health systems of the world? How much do you know about the education systems of the world? How much do you know about the social systems, the political systems? And how much do you know concerning heaven's opinion of these things? Are you hearing what I'm saying? The wisdom of this world is going to be brought to nothing. They might not get it now, but they will finally get it. That you cannot fix the things of this life by human wisdom. There is a power and glory one day that will come. If they don't get it now, they will get it soon. That they cannot fix certain things except by God. Somebody shout hallelujah. That all mouths might be stopped. Somebody shout amen. amen. Speaks of how your faith should not dwell in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I believe what the word of God says. I believe what the truth of God says. I'm awakened to God's truth and only that. Some of you don't know how beautiful you are spiritually. Some of you don't know how gifted you are spiritually. Some of you don't know how rich you are spiritually. Some of you don't know how, you know, increasing you are every day because you don't see the physical implication of that. You think that you're dying and wasting away. No, 
Even though your outward man is dying, something in you is renewing every day. For as long as you can wake up and breathe life and connect to the word of God that progresses you to the next way of life. But you see, you can be so asleep that you are indifferent to what God is doing. Remember, in one of the scriptures that I read earlier, salvation was nearer than they first believed, but they did not know that salvation was available. The hand of God is going to get you out in two minutes from now. But some people don't know. But in the next two days, things are going to turn for them. And then in unbelief, they draw back. You gave up at the time when God was about to make a show. When God was about to prove that you were a believer. And you drew back. You feared. Because you're asleep. You don't really have a consciousness to what God is doing. That is why the Bible speaks in Corinthians of how we commend ourselves to the consciousnesses of men as we speak truth. It's in the verses later now that we understand that it's that light that we give in the consciousnesses of men as we commend ourselves that becomes the treasure in earthen vessels for the excellence of power to be of God and not of ourselves. Still in the same scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. You see, that treasure in earthen vessel is because of the light that is within us. Somebody shout hallelujah. It's that light that shines out of darkness. It has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That is that inner power. It's inside us. It's that treasure. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout amen. amen. But our eyes have not yet seen it. Many of us don't understand when the Bible says that you are a child of the light. And it says you are of the light and the whole world lies in darkness. You know what that means? That wherever you go, you are the right awareness. You are the true reality. Somebody shout hallelujah. You are the experience that gives knowledge and understanding. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout amen. amen. We know that we are of God. No man in darkness or under the kingdom of darkness should know more than you. And that's what disturbs them. Because every time we open the Bible, we're showing them that there's a knowledge higher than what they can give. There's a solution higher than what they can give. Theirs is okay. But what we have is more than okay. It's eternal. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout amen. Shout glory to God. The church should not be worried in this period. No. No, 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 no. We just have to look up. We just have to look up and ask, what are you up to, God? Are you resetting something? Are you realigning something? What is our part? Then he gives us our part. This is the God in scripture who can take sin out of a nation in one day. He has prophesied it. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout amen. Shout glory to God. So I saw something in Isaiah and God showed me signs of a man who is awakening to the life and realities of the Spirit. And he blessed my heart. You see, let me begin this way. When you are born again, you inherit a kingdom that is not seen. How many of you understand that? The world that you're in, many people in the world don't know it and cannot understand it. See, that's why Nicodemus could not understand. The master Nicodemus, with his master, he could not understand why Jesus was speaking in simplicity. Because you inherit a certain kingdom, a certain realm. Somebody shout hallelujah. 
It's likened, Paul calls it Zion. He says, we are come unto Zion, the city of God, to the company of innumerable angels, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, which is the mediator of the covenant. The Bible says, whose blood speaketh better things, better than the blood of Abel, because the blood of Abel seeks vengeance and restitution. The blood of Christ speaks love where hatred is. It speaks victory where defeat is. It speaks triumph where strife and struggle are. You see, he says we are coming to Zion. So God carries my spirit. He takes me to understand Zion as a place in the spirit. Now in Isaiah, the 30th chapter, the 19th verse, he says, for the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. Now listen, he says, when this happens, he says, you shall weep no more. There is a place when you get there, you will never have a reason to cry again. The reason why they still cry at night is because they do not know what God has done and where they are or where they belong. They have no experience of where Zion is. He says, walk about Zion, the Bible says in Psalms. Look at her citadels, look at the bulwarks on the streets. He says, if you do that, you shall have a message for your generation. You have no message for your generation if you have no revelation of the realm in which you have been called and the glory in that realm. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. So my eyes lit when I read that the people of Zion in Jerusalem shall weep no more. He says he wants to take away anything that could ever make you weep. It's possible. Is it possible to live a life that is straight? I mean, it is human life. You know, we lose, we win, we cast out, we overcome, and then later things hit us, and that's just life. It's normal. I saw a man that on television says, it's normal to fall sick when you reach a certain age. <laughs> that's him. But he said to you which are in Zion, God says you shall not weep. Somebody shout hallelujah. I cannot speak for many families, but let me speak for you. Because you belong to that family, no more death. In the mighty name of Jesus. No more sickness. If you've lost those who you've lost, that's enough. Begin from there and awaken to the reality of what God has promised. Live in the realm God has promised you. Somebody shout hallelujah. What if you lose some? What if we lose some? It still doesn't change God's faithfulness. We still believe God. We still believe God. Because God is still true and faithful. Somebody shout hallelujah. He says, he will be very gracious unto thee at the voice of thy cry. When you are awakened to the realities of what God is doing, you will see the grace of God encapsulate everything concerning your life. The grace of God will be evident in your life, he says. And when he shall hear it, the Bible says, he will answer thee. It's a place of answered prayer. For the Bible says, if we know that he heareth us, then we shall have the petitions of which we ask. Somebody shout, God hears me. God hears. Say it again and say, God hears me. God hears. Those are realities. It's not something you fight or should fight. It's something that should come to you as a revelation of them which are awakened. That when I say, God, I receive your healing, he hears you. Somebody shout, Hallelujah. And he says, and though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the word of affliction, he says, yet shall not thy teachers be removed into a corner anymore, but thine eyes shall see your teachers. That means God will align you to the voice that should instruct you and keep you away from the things that would deceive you. In your time of trouble, 
in a time of testation, in a time of trial, if anything should hit your body, you'll find some or somebody to teach you out of it. <laughs> somebody met me once and said, you know, I never used to understand you. I used to hear you, but I don't understand what you're teaching. He says, but this COVID season, <laughs> he said, I started to understand you. Of course, the problem was not me. He had just never heard. He had just never heard with his heart, the inner heart. He was not listening with his spirit. He was listening with his mind. Perhaps with his biases. I don't know. Somebody shout hallelujah. This is what I believe. That in every test and trial, if you are awakened, there's a faith that comes to you that compels your race to believe that in every circumstance, I shall see my teacher. There will always be an instruction for me to take me out of any trouble. This, I know it. There is nothing that can befall me that there shall not be a teacher for. God will make my teacher visible. The instruction of the Spirit will be available to you because ye are awakened. And it says in verse 21, and thine eyes shall hear a word behind thee saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it. And when you turn to the right and when you turn to the left, go the other way. I, not many people understand what I'm saying. Because they don't live there. They don't hear the instruction telling them, go here. They don't hear the instruction telling them, do this. Call this person. Cancel this deal. Cancel this transaction. Because they're not awakened to the voice of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. How bad did you fall? If Adam and Eve, even at their fallen state, could still hear God. If Cain at the mother of Abel could still hear God. At what point did you stop hearing God? Because people who are asleep don't hear. Somebody shout hallelujah. He says you're ears shall hear. Verses 22, he says, you shall defile also the coverings of the graven images of silver and ornament of thy molten images of gold, and thou shalt cast them away as a menstrual cloth, and thou shalt say unto thee, get thee hence. That means you'll get rid of anything that defiles your spirit. Anything that defiles your soul or your flesh, you will sense it and get rid of it. Somebody shout hallelujah. And he says in verses 23, then he shall give rain of thy seed. Now, I don't know if I'm preaching to anybody who is a teacher of the word. He says, then he shall give rain to your seed. Luke 8:11 says that the parable is that the seed is the word of God. So when he says that I'll give rain to your seed, it means every time you are preaching, God will confirm it. God will confirm the words you're teaching. He will confirm them by signs. He will confirm them by wonders. He will confirm them by miracles. He will confirm them by demonstrations. You see, let me tell you something. If you have studied me, I am what I preach. I don't care who could disqualify me because they don't know me. And only because they don't know me. Or they assume they do. But if I tell you that I believe, I believe God. Somebody shout hallelujah. If I tell you that I stood in this adversity, I really do stand. If I tell you that I give, I do give. Somebody shout hallelujah. When I say that I do this, I do it. I do it. That's the authenticity of ministry. I have rain on my seed. I have results for my message. 
Somebody shout hallelujah. I have it. You can also claim it. Say, claim it. Claim it. Say, I have results for my message. I have rain on my seed. That means he will send things, people, experiences, circumstances to vindicate the spirit of God operating on your life as the seed of God comes out of your spirit. Somebody shout hallelujah. And the Bible says, and thou shalt sow the ground with all and bread of the increase of the earth and it shall be fat and plenteous. And in that day shall thy cattle feed and large pastures, EDC. He starts to tell you or show you how much abundance is available for you for increase and plenty. Why? Because you are awakened to his dream concerning your life. Your oxen and likewise and the young asses and the air, everything from the ground will agree. Everything will start agreeing with you. Everything will start agreeing with you. And the more you start to be awakened to these realities, the more you will love solitude because you discover how much God is up to for your sake. Awake your sleeper that Christ might shine, that he might shine and give thee light. Somebody shout hallelujah. God wants to shine on your spirit. He wants to make your star so bright. He wants to make you the greatest thing that the world has ever seen. And I don't care whether all of us are great. <laughs> There's space for every believer to be great. Somebody shout amen. Like I said, these are hard to share with people who are asleep. But to those of you which are awakening or are awake, you will wake up every morning with hope. Regardless of what happens in your life, you will wake up with this feeling of satisfaction and joy in your heart. Because every day you will wake up with a conviction that God is up to something big for me. Why? Because my eyes have seen. My eyes have seen. My eyes have seen. When I close my eyes, my spiritual eyes see. And I see that great days are ahead of you. I see the plans that he has towards you. Plans to make you prosper, not to harm you. To give you that future and hope that expected end. Don't bury yourself yet. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't draw back. Don't spell backwards. Don't revert. Don't. Keep on the course God has called you. And keep seeing the light that is set ahead of you. Don't look at the shadows. Christ is not in shadows. He is the reality. Somebody shout hallelujah. Everything shall work out for your good. Every situation and circumstance is working for your good. Because you love the Lord. and You're called according to his purposes. Open your eyes and understand what is not being said. Hear what men are not speaking. Hear the conversations of what men are saying in the back and what they're telling people in front. Understand the deception of the world and understand the truth within you and separate yourself from the destruction that is coming and befalling men every day. Be different. Be different. I say be different. Be different. Refuse to speak like fallen men or men of darkness who have no light in them, who have no course and precision of thought. No, refuse. Hear of God, little children. 
Bible says, and you have overcome the world. I'm above and not beneath. And the head and not the tail. Great things are coming toward me. I'm the perfection of everything God has created. Greater is he which is in me than he which is in the world. I'm more than a conqueror by Christ which strengthens me. I have overcome this world. A thousand shall fall at one side and 10,000 on the other. But none of those things shall by any means come near me. But only as a spectator, my eyes shall behold the reward of the wicked. And I shall see myself inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High God. Because I've made him my solid rock. He shall send angels. He's my refuge and my dwelling place. He's Angels shall come and be sent to keep charge over me, to accompany me, the Bible says, and defend me and preserve me. The Bible says in all my ways of obedience and service toward God, I believe that they shall bear me up on their hands, lest I should dash my foot upon a stone. That is who I am. I shall tread upon the lion and the adder, upon the young lion and the serpent. I shall trample them underfoot. I believe that my love on him is defined and he shall deliver me. He knows me personally. His trust is with me. His kindness is with me. His grace is with me. His rod and staff comforts me. His instruction is in my spirit. He has given me a tongue of the land. I know how to speak a word to him that is weary in season. He wakeneth my ear night and day and speaketh to me as one which is learned. He quickens me every morning. His words are working in my life. My feet are directed. Even in the mistakes that I've made, there's been a power and grace that has aligned me every day. Am I awakened to his plans? They're there to make me prosper and not to harm me, to give me a hope, a future. That expected end, no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against me, it's already held in judgment. That is the heritage of his servants and the righteousness of God is on me. Because I know who I am. I said, I know who I am. Receive those words tonight and say, Father, I thank you. For your word is true and it is working in my life. And I shall overcome every day. I'm triumphant in every way. Divine health is mine. Peace is mine. Joy is mine. Victory is mine. Wealth is mine. Salvation is mine. Wisdom is mine. And there is nothing the devil can do. Give the Lord a mighty help of praise. I have just prayed with you. And all things are here. And amen to the glory of the Father. If you've never given your life to Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Just repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you because you shed your blood for my sins and you were raised for my glory. Tonight, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. 
Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest.